If you're a firearms enthusiast like I am, or you have one in your life, let me tell you about the industry's best-kept secret, Bear Creek Arsenal. This is a veteran-owned and operated gun manufacturer, Bear Creek Arsenal, that is, based in Sanford, North Carolina. They make high-quality firearms at an incredible value. Learn more about Bear Creek Arsenal at bearcreekarsenal.com slash buck. Use promo code buck to get 10% off your first order. One more time, bearcreekarsenal.com slash buck and promo code buck to get 10% off your first order. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome in Tuesday edition, Clay Trap Wednesday edition. Tuesday. I don't even know what day it is. This Tuesday. is a this is a rough this is a rough start, Buck. It's Super Bowl week. I know I'm traveling out. Basically, right as this show ends, I'll head out to Phoenix. And I've already got so many things that I've got planned out. I already have forgotten what day of the week it is. So it is Tuesday. I hope I didn't panic anybody else out there. Almost almost a flawless opening by remembering what day it was. It is also State of the Union Day, which is going to see Joe Biden head up to Capitol Hill. And I'm curious whether we'll see... Remember last year's State of the Union, if I remember correctly, ended with Joe Biden saying, go get him, uh, which everybody was like, what exactly was going on there? And we think... <laughs> and we think it may have been a message to Biden's handlers to go get him up on the uh, dais there speaking, but instead he read it thinking it was a part of his overall speech. So, so many different moving parts here, but Buck, I wanted to hit you with this, which just came down from CBS. CBS, not exactly renowned for being... Uh, biased in favor of uh, of anyone out there who is a Republican. Ask George W. Bush about that. But they asked several questions that, to me, make it really hard for Joe Biden to argue anything other than the state of our union is not very strong. Buck, I'm going to hit you with these. This is as devastating of a numbers as I can remember seeing for a sitting president. Are your own, are Biden's policies, this is the question from CBS, are Biden's policies making your own family's finances better or worse? Better, 18%. Worse, 49%. 
making political division. Remember, Joe Biden ran on, I'll get everybody back together again. I'm going to be normal. I'm going to end this divisive era that we live in. Are Joe Biden's policies making political division better or worse? Better 19%, worse 50%. And this one, and I'm going to build on this one a little bit more, Buck, because I know you'll love it given your focus on the border, making illegal immigration better or worse, better 21%, worse 51%. And let me build on this immigration for you, Buck. They then broke it down by everybody's parties out there. Do you think the Biden administration should be tougher or easier on immigrants trying to cross at the border? Tougher, 54%. Easier, 20%. Buck, Democrats by 10 points think that Biden should be tougher at the border. Not surprisingly, uh, the GOP 83 to 11 says tougher. Independent voters 53 to 23 tougher. White 6119, black 40 to 21, Hispanic 44 to 25. As bad as Joe Biden's policies are, he has managed to unite the entire country in believing that he is awful on many things, but that the worst single thing that Joe Biden is doing in his presidency right now is handling the border. I just thought even from CBS, these were pretty staggering numbers that came out today. And here we are watching as the preparations for the State of the Union address tonight, Clay, for this regime includes re-erecting the big black fence around the grounds of the Capitol. Do you see this? They're yeah, actually I saw that doing this, this morning. Yeah. They're they're setting up the anti-riot fencing around the Capitol because of the insurrection. Uh, they're, they're really doing this. And, and as much as people of reasonable minds and emotional stability can see this and understand the pathetic theatrics, uh, that, that it is comprised of, I think unfortunately, you know, we look at all this data, we look at how people feel about the economy, and then we see them preparing for the siege of what's going on at the Capitol, uh, State of the Union address tonight, which is going to be boring. You and I will watch it. I do not recommend that everybody else. I'll tell everybody, don't waste your time watching the State of the Union address. Clay and I will watch it, and we will tell you whatever is interesting about it tomorrow. It is not worth your... I was going to say, watch football instead, but I guess there's only one game left in football, because I know about that one. Yeah, Super Bowl is coming. You know who's playing? Do you remember? The Kansas City Chiefs and another very good team. I'm actually impressed you got one of the two, the Eagles. Thank you. Fly Eagle Fly fans Uh, out there. My beloved Eagles, the majestic bird, of course. So here we are, though, watching all this unfold with the Biden administration, and it feels a bit like there must be either some plan or some reality that we're not necessarily taking note of, because all these polls indicate a regime that is floundering. But we did not see a Democrat party that got its butt kicked like all the polls were showing in the midterm election. And so I'm also now, I'm very, I'm more skeptical of polls now than, than honestly I, I have ever been. I was skeptical after what happened in 2016, obviously, but that was a, a happy skepticism. Like, yeah. oh, look at them, they were wrong. This time around, it proved that people can uh, get it wrong, the pollsters will get it wrong in both directions. That was one of the lessons learned. And it just feels to me like, 
for all of the idiocy and the incompetence of the Biden administration and the hysteria they surround them, themselves with while well, they're I mean, they're erecting anti-riot fencing around the Capitol. You know, get a grip, libs. Were there any riots after the last election? Just calm down. But, you know, they're nefarious and they're ruthless and they're organized and they move as a collective. And so I just don't want us to underestimate them because, yeah, Biden sucks at the job. Biden could very easily get reelected president of the United States of this country unless we make the case and have an agenda and do everything right. You know, I just that's where my head is with all this. Right. Like, yeah, he's terrible. Yeah, the polls show it. Does that mean he's going to lose? Does that mean that they'll actually have to cede power to the other side? I, I just, I feel like we need to be very sanguine about it. I feel like we have to make sure that we look at it for what it is, not for what we wish it would be based upon the truth of the economy and the truth of the board. How much worse could the border be, Clay? Could it be worse? Honestly. No, I, I don't think it could be worse. And I mean, that's really, this is effectively the start of Joe Biden's reelection campaign. The State of the Union, right? Because he's going to make his case for 2023. There are already reports that he's going to call, for instance, for a billionaire's tax. There will be several things that he puts in the State of the Union uh, that he knows have absolutely no chance of passing because he wants that to be the message coming out for 2023 as we roll into 2024. And so I don't think there's any doubt at all, barring a major health-related setback, that Democrats are all in on Joe Biden. And I think we talked about this some, but I'm surprised it hasn't gotten more attention. The fact that they remade the order of the primary season for 2024 so that South Carolina is first, which is Joe Biden's most reliable uh, of all the locations. Remember, he did awful in Iowa. He did awful in New Hampshire. And so they've recast the DNC has the uh, overall primaries for the Democrats to basically ensure that even if Joe Biden were to get a challenger, he would be able to snuff out that challenger very quickly. Now, maybe somebody still is going to run against him. I saw where Marianne Williamson, you remember her, the the sort of new agey uh, guru, for lack of a better way to describe her, she ran uh, a couple of years ago. And it sounds like she may run again. We've talked about the idea of Eric Adams. But a lot of the legitimate big-time contenders have dropped out of this race. And so uh, it now looks like they basically cleared the decks for Joe Biden. And barring a major health issue, Joe Biden is going to be the nominee in 2024. And so this is his beginning stage to make the case that he is the best to take us into uh, the next four years. And because I think effectively, and Buck, you agree with this by and large, we're in a gridlocked era that chances of anything substantial coming out in 23 or 24 are very low. Yeah. I, I so think that that's where we are. You know, we're, we're in a political trench warfare and we're trying to fight over a hundred yards of territory. But unlike in trench warfare, whoever gets that hundred yards of territory, gets to actually call the shots for four years, right? So it matters a whole lot, but the margins are very small. The We're, we're on a razor's edge for what will determine uh, the political and, and with it the rest of the future of this country. I think that's very meaningful for us all to understand. So I, I, I'm hopeful that, that the right will not only be effective in producing, I mean, what, what is our health care program? 
I mean, these are things. Do you hear anyone even talking about that right now, Clay? I, mean, I can't remember the last time I heard a politician on the right, any Republican, any conservative, anybody, speak meaningfully about health care. In all the polling, that's one of the biggest concerns for people. Look, I'm glad that Kevin McCarthy is saying Social Security and Medicare cuts are off the table right now. Because anything other than that is just electoral suicide, right? I mean, if, if you want to lose, if you want to lose, start saying, well, let's, let's just, you know, deal with Medicare right now. That's a terrible idea, but we are entering a presidential election cycle. I know it seems crazy because we just had our midterm election, but we had said this all along. Uh, and, and I just think that we need to see not only a program that is, uh, make, well, that, rather that is putting America first for the Republican party that is conducive and and is compelling uh compelling rather to people in the middle but also that we understand where the democrats were able to with a weak economy and with a a stumbling bumbling buffoon as the president to avoid a midterm wipeout you know we have to be very steely-eyed about that as we look at all the polls and everything else because i i think do do you agree with this i think we're going into a kind of a meh economy right now I don't. I don't see it. And I, who who knows, right? I mean, if you want predictions that are wrong, go look back at most major economists. I, I think it's probably going to just be kind of okay. Yeah. But if it's just okay, then it turns into what does that last one or two percent decide when they're in the election site? What does that last one or two percent of the electorate think about when they're actually pulling the lever? Yeah, and. Uh, I, I think you're right. I think it's going to be blah. But, you know, Joe Biden's going to go out and say, well, we've got 14 million new jobs or whatever the heck it is. Again, new jobs being defined mostly as people who already had the jobs that they weren't allowed to have because blue states were shut down. Um, and uh, and and so, look, to me, the Democrat line is set. There's not going to be a lot of drama boring a health scare, in my opinion, from Joe Biden. They're going to run him. I think it's crazy, but they're going to run him the best option. All of the drama is going to come in the next year out of the Republican side of the equation because I believe whoever Republicans pick will beat Joe Biden. I really do in 2024. The question is, by how much and to what degree are we all sitting up at you know 2.30 in the morning waiting to see what a few people in Scranton, Pennsylvania decided to do in, in the election? Um you know, I would like to. This is my book, Buck. I want to win a landslide. I don't. I want to be able at nine o'clock to you know start having drinks and not have to worry about whether the fire alarm is going to come on in Fulton County outside of Atlanta, you know in Atlanta, and whether we're going to have ballots come pouring in at three a.m. that change the outcome in in Wisconsin. I want it to be outside the margin of error, um, but that's going to be the choice that Republicans have to make in twenty twenty three. Who is the guy or the girl? who is going to beat Joe Biden, because that's going to be the matchup on the Democrat side. My friends, when I switched my cell phone service from one of the big brand name companies at Pure Talk, I knew I was going to get a better monthly price. From day one, I was saving over 50% each month. But what I was also getting was superior cell phone service and access to a fantastic customer service support team. Everyone on the Pure Talk team is based in the U.S., and they're easy and helpful to talk to. Pure Talk is a veteran-owned company and a company that's got the same values as you and everyone listening to us today. When you switch to Pure Talk, you get fast data, talk, and text. They've got a variety of plans. Each one of them is value-conscious for you. Without a lot of overhead, Pure Talk can pass savings along to you. So you're just paying for the stuff you really need. Pure Talk has a first-month risk-free guarantee. Try it, and if you're not completely happy with your Pure Talk service, you'll get your money back. 
Dial pound 250. Say Clay and Buck. You'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Again, dial pound 250. Say Clay and Buck. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Don't miss a day of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com news. That's LifeLock.com news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Born on America's darkest day of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been helping America's heroes ever since. When a first responder or military service member doesn't come home and young children are left behind, Tunnel to Towers pays the mortgage on the family home to lift the financial burdens. For severely injured veterans and first responders, Tunnel to Towers builds mortgage-free smart homes, enabling severely injured heroes to move around their homes more independently. Through the Foundation's Homeless Veteran Program, Tunnel the Towers is providing housing and services to homeless veterans. More than 3,300 were helped last year alone. Because all veterans who honorably served, whether in peacetime or war, deserve our nation's gratitude. People who put their lives on the line for our country and our communities need your help now more than ever. Join Tunnel the Towers on its mission to do good and never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices of this country's heroes. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. Well, we just heard the the beats that some of you will know come from the German singer Nina with her 99 Luftballons. This is right here? What? That's what this is. 
Okay, I'm just listening. I, it, I was not paying attention to the music we came back to. Yeah, I'm it gets a lot faster. We, you know, we should. I got to come into like the. There okay, we go. Okay, now I recognize. You. There we go. Ninety-nine yes. balloons. Okay, I anyway, it now that part, first part I didn't get. I had to get the beat picked up there. I, I've been, I've been, I've been bothering our team to play that ever since the balloon went up. So thank you, team. I was like, "Where's my where? Where is my ninety-nine balloons?" Yeah, but the ninety-nine balloons was many too many because we only needed one big balloon. Um, so that song, by the way, is about balloons. Tra- uh, traversing from uh, West Berlin to East Berlin, triggering uh, defense systems that then lead to nuclear war and the annihilation of the planet. So I'm just going to say... Way, hap- way happier sounding than I would have uh, presumed for a, you know? uh, for something that would be reflecting of that uh, design. Yeah, as, the New- as the New York Times described it, a bunch of balloons floats over the border between West and East Germany, triggering defense systems and leading to a war that destroys... The planet. That is what that song is actually about. So when you're in the bar and you're having that seventh shot of Cuervo and you're like, 99 balloons, you're you know yelling it. It's about the end of the world, just so everybody knows. Man, what a downer. I mean, everybody was in a good mood. You just brought them right back to the, the square. You sound like Biden doing the State of the Union. Yeah. No joke. That's like, you know, how, you know, when you were a kid, you ever hear people playing uh, uh, Ring Around the Rosie, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I know that. I know that story. Yeah. People say it's from the Black Death and that this is supposed to, they taught kids this and the idea was that it would, uh, you know, ward away the, anyway, about as effective as triple masking outside alone. I was going to say, just the the modern day mask. So, Corinne Jean-Pierre, since I got to play the song that I've been wanting to play for days, Corinne Jean-Pierre... Uh, was on the view because when you are addressing an urgent matter of national security importance, Clay, where do you go? You go to the geniuses of the view, obviously. That's the first stop on the media tour. So you can have, you know, Joy Behar weigh in on whether we should send Apaches to Ukraine, etc., right? I'll send all the fanciest planes. I I, as be- jo- Joy Behar is the dumbest person on television daily. I don't know that she would be any worse analyzing information than Joe Biden is, which is really kind of scary. But if Joy B- Behar was in the situation room, I don't know that she could be much worse than Biden is. I actually, have a, I have a re- before we get to the view, I have a real question for you. Something really bad. China invades Taiwan. Yes. Okay. It's happening. The, the flotillas have mobilized. They're you know, on first the first airstrikes have happened. It's, it's on. And you only have a choice between Joe Biden answering that phone call on, you know, the red phone or Kamala Harris. Who do you prefer to answer that call if it were to happen, you know, in the next year? Kamala Harris. Not because not because I think that Kamala Harris is in any way should be in the position that she is in. But I think that given the fact that she is, I think, 58, I think she could synthesize information and competing arguments better than Joe Biden could, which could lead to a better result. I, I think I was actually talking about this, Buck, with my wife yesterday because we were talking about the balloon and, and her argument. I think it's a good one. She's like, I know Joe Biden is ostensibly the commander in chief. That is, the military officials have to come speak to him and say, Mr. President, here's what. 
I don't think that they speak to him and that he in any way is actually the commander-in-chief. So I think really the question here, Buck, is who is the military official? Who is the decider, right? What should happen is when we select a president, we are selecting the decider-in-chief. Whatever the toughest issues are in the world, they come to his desk. You've been in there for these briefings, Buck. Yes. You have a lot of smart people, this is true, who have elevated themselves inside of the government, and they will make the case, we should choose option A, Mr. President, and they will give you all the reasons why option A should be selected, then B and C, and they're all really good options, and the job of the president is to decide between several challenging options the best. He's the decider-in-chief. That's what scares me the most about Biden. I think you're right about the Kamala choice between the two. I think maybe Biden 20 years ago, I would take over Kamala, but but Biden now... I think I think Kamala is the right choice under that very very frightening circumstance. They're both the wrong terms, choice. She's yeah. the best of two bad. She's options. the least bad option of the two of them. If that phone call were, were to were to come along, um, and then also on the on those kinds of briefings and those moments, you know, one thing I will say, I'm very critical of the deep state and the apparatus and and everything that goes on from the top level, whether it's FBI, CIA. There are freakishly smart people who can sit there and just tell you everything that you would ever, ever want to know about every Soviet missile system devised in the last 50 years. Those people do exist in the CIA and the DIA, and, you know, they're there. They're just not the ones that are, you know, going uh, going for big photo ops with the president. They're not the ones that are appearing on NBC. They're not the ones that are, you know, so just to be clear, there is that repository of knowledge yeah. that exists, but they're not involved in the political nonsense and they're also not the ones who you, you'll you'll be hearing about the opposite of those super brilliant people that know a lot about a lot of things and they just quietly do their work every day inside the intelligence community and inside the uh you know pentagon and the military intelligence would be the view the view does not bring a lot of knowledge skill and wisdom to anything certainly not to daytime television Karine Jean-Pierre, though, this was interesting to me. She went on The View to talk to them about blocking U.S. transmissions from the ground to the balloon. Play two. One of the things that we were able to do is to make sure none of the sensitive security information, national security information on the ground was transmitted. So we were able to block that. But at the same time, we were able to gather information from the balloon as it was traveling on its path. And then when the time allowed and it permitted, uh, the president, who was also the commander in chief, as we all know, and when it, the balloon got over uh, water, and as he had asked for uh, the Pentagon to do, do, which is to take it down they took it down by the way can we just say shoot it down we shot it down this, yeah we didn't we didn't take it down like you know like party streamers in the office birthday setup like we we we, we shot it down let's just use the real terminology i think so we just like gently glided it to the ground um but clay but clay first of all okay so let's let's say we just take this at face value they were able to block the transmission back to china were they able to block it the whole time where, are we to believe that they were just hovering there, blocking the transit? How long was that going? This went on for days, right? This thing doesn't move fast. And also, the Chinese never, they, they didn't have some uplink that would send back the, I mean, if they thought a slow moving balloon was going to have to get back to Chinese airspace intact, this is the crappiest surveillance plan 
you know, in, in, in history. I mean, you'd be better off with a hot air balloon back in the Civil War days, right? Yeah. So something's up. Well, the, not only that, what did China expect? That th- We spend a lot of time talking about what we do, right? But a big part of this, to me, is figuring out what were China's motivations. I asked the question earlier, Buck, where did China launch this from? Did China, when they did their briefing on what the Chinese spy balloon was going to accomplish, did they ever in any part of their analysis think this balloon's going to enter United States airspace in Alaska and exit off the coast of South Carolina and then the United States is going to shoot it down? Like, what did they think? My expectation would have been, if I were China, the United States is going to shut the, shoot this thing down over Alaska as soon as it significantly enters airspace, right? Like, I think the story of the Trump thing may be true, but I think they were kind of probing. Hey, do they notice if we go into Hawaiian airspace a little bit? Hey, do they notice if we go into Florida airspace a little bit? Do they have the NORAD defense mechanisms in place? to recognize where this balloon is. I think that was their test. I don't think they ever expected that it would go all the way across the entire continental United States. And so I suspect that they adjusted the game plan. Like they were like, okay, well, we're in Montana. Why don't we go over this Montana airfield? And then we're going to drift down. I think they thought that this thing would get shot down. So if that's what they thought was going to happen... What is their analysis right now in China of what took place? To me, it looks like, oh, the United States defense mechanisms are not very strong. Uh, Biden does not have the political will to act aggressively in short order when given new information, which is why I think your question, Buck, is such a good one. What is he going to do if he gets woken up at 3 a.m. in the middle of the night and they say China has begun its invasion of Taiwan? Everybody I ask about this, by the way, claims that, or rather, uh, agrees that no one really knows what the U.S. would do. That that this this strategic ambiguity is really a we're not sure what we would do. We we think we have strategic ambiguity with regard to Taiwan, so that we keep China on its on its toes, you know, so we don't give away the game. But actually, we don't know. That's the truth. We don't know yeah. what we would do. And, Buck, here's the other question. What are Biden's top advisors going to suggest to him to do? Because if my wife's right, and basically Biden is commander-in-chief in name only, then whomever those top military advisors are, whatever their recommendation is, is what Biden is going to do. Yeah, so Don't worry. That's a lot of power. Secretary of Defense of the future, Judge will be handling it just like he's handled the transportation situation in this country so it'll all be fine folks you know clay and i really do love learning uh we consume data and information constantly and we love sharing what we learn i mean we have these you know nerd uh nerddom sessions every day here we talk about random history all kinds of stuff we love it hillsdale shares a passion with us for learning hillsdale college that's why they're offering some 30 online video courses each of them are really really educational and also entertaining and the best part, just like listening to this show, it's totally free. Hillsdale College puts a tremendous amount of effort and thinking into making these online courses interesting to you. You're challenged to think and rewarded with information, whether it's lessons on our nation's history or helpful explanations on how the left thinks and why each course is really worthwhile. 
To date, several million Americans have already taken the time to watch these online, on-demand video courses. So visit clayandbuck4hillsdale.com and pick one of more than 30 free Hillsdale courses. Pick whichever course you like and resolve to be a more educated American this year. Go to clayandbuck4hillsdale.com. That's clayandbuck4hillsdale.com to start your free course today. Learn, laugh, and join us on the weekend on our Sunday Hang with Clay and Buck podcast. Find it on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show, third hour of the program. Encourage you to go subscribe to the podcast as millions of you have been downloading this every single month. We appreciate all of you. You can search out my name, Clay Travis. You can search out Buck Sexton. Boom. You'll also get podcast unique interviews that we believe you will all love. We're joined now. There's a battle of brouhaha going on right now out in the state of Oklahoma over trans uh, treatments for young children. The governor of Oklahoma, Kevin Stitt, joins us now. Governor, appreciate the time. I know you're in the middle of a uh, a battle out there. What is so controversial? You walk me through this. You can't get a tattoo most places till you're 18. You can't drink a beer till you're 21. You can't rent a car till you're 25. Why is it controversial to say, especially for minor kids, that they can't have gender reassignment surgery? What's this battleground like, and why is it even a battleground at all? Well, first off, pretty common sense to us. We, we don't think it should be controversial. We're really just trying to protect kids. We're not trying to go against any person. But we do not believe, like you said, that a minor that can't buy alcohol, can't buy cigarettes, can't get a tattoo, should go in and have a permanent gender-altering surgery. It just makes no sense at all. So I've called the legislature to ban that. And then you've got some, you've got some folks that are, that are, uh, uh, I don't know. You'll have to have them on there. Why they think that's a good idea to do this to minors? But uh, you have a few protesters coming out. But uh, overwhelmingly, Oklahomans support this, and, and we're going to get it across the finish line. Governor State, it's Buck. Uh, thanks for being with us. The, the it seems that there's a number of bills at Bill 129, the Millstone Act, and that would have a ban on gender reassignment for those under 26. I'm just wondering, is it already clear? Which one of these bills is is the one that will get through the legislature? Basically, which one are you going to sign? Yeah, well, first off, I, I'm going to sign whichever one goes from our desk, but I'm working with the leadership of the House, the Senate. We think the cleanest way is just, say, 18 years old. There's a, there's a thought to go to 21, but um, it's very clear that anybody under the age of 18, we need to protect those young people. And, and listen, these are elective surgeries. Um, we don't want tax dollars to go to these type of surgeries. If you want to do this and it's elective surgery after you're an adult, that's one thing. Uh, but, but again, we have a responsibility to protect our young people, protect our children, and, uh, and we're going to do it. I mean, this is the only type of a surgery that, you know, somebody can come into a doctor, self-diagnose themselves, and also prescribe the surgery that they want. And, uh, and we just think that type of surgery should be left to an adult after your brain is fully developed. And there's all kinds of studies that, uh, that, that, that kind of back that up that, that kids, you're not, you're not able to make that decision at that point. So let's just wait till you're Governor, home. Governor, in, in your state, in Oklahoma, what is the current procedure? Is there one for, uh, you know, cause this law obviously would, would address this, but 
pre uh, prior to this law or, or previous to this law's um, signature and and going into effect, uh, was, was there some baseline number of visits? Is there some number of different professionals? Like basically, for a minor to have transgender surgery as it exists right now in Oklahoma, is there any defined process, or is, just, is it just up to the individual medical practitioner? Well, that was that was the case. There was actually a clinic that we discovered in one of our uh, big university hospitals that was uh, that were performing these type of surgeries, and so they were, you know, basically promoting it or, or people that were coming in and, and they could do this these permanent altering surgeries there. And so I did an executive order last year to stop that uh, from taxpayer dollars being used, and then I asked the legislature to codify that into law this year. Uh, but not a, not a ton had been done. Um, so again. This is a very, very small uh, minority of, 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 of folks, and, uh, and again, I'm, we're not against any, any one person, and, and we believe in freedoms and personal responsibilities, uh, but we have a duty to protect young people, and that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about kids that are under the age of 18, and uh, that's what I'm calling for in legislation this year in Oklahoma. Where has this come from, Kevin? Um, I mean, you're a governor, but let's just step it back. Like, you're also a dad. I'm a dad. We've got young kids. You're around my age. You grew up like there were people who were tomboys, right? Like seven, eight-year-old girls. You, I mean, we had. I've coached Little League Baseball. We've got girls playing on the teams. This idea that you should be treating kids who uh, who suddenly say at eight years old like i'm in the wrong body we're going to delay puberty we're going to take i mean literally take off some of their organs in an effort to make them a different gender this is all way more substantial than where the transgender universe began which as you mentioned is hey i'm an adult and i've decided as an adult to make these choices where is this drop force of child treatment coming from and are you as stunned to see it sweep the country as both Buck and I have been and many of our listeners are as well? I mean, uh, l- l- listen, I mean, uh, the people that are that are coming out of the woodwork, the, the left just continues to move further and further away from mainstream and what is normal and reasonable and, and righteous. And so, again... I can't tell you where it's coming from, but what I can tell you that people are starving. The most people around in America that we talk to, they're starving for people to talk about traditional family values. Where they're starving for people to talk about putting the fam- putting focus back on the family. And uh, again, this isn't against any one person, uh, but to us, it's just common sense that we're going to protect our young people in the state of Oklahoma. We don't think that should be controversial, um, but again, you're going to have you're going to have a few people complain. You know, if your ice cream's too cold, so you've always got these fringe folks uh, that are going to come complain about something. And so we really we, we're going to move forward with this. It's the right thing to do. And uh, Oklahoma overwhelmingly support me, and I think most Americans uh, think that we need to protect minors as well. We're speaking to Governor Kevin Stitt of Oklahoma. Governor, uh, there was that protest that made its way inside the Capitol. Um, were there were there any arrests? And I'm just wondering if. Your expectations are that these kinds of protests uh, in and around the Capitol are likely to continue. You know, there were no arrests. Uh, and for the most part, I mean, they, they screamed and hollered a little bit, but they had a permit to protest on the second floor. They moved up to the fourth floor. So when I was going out to deliver my state of the state address, you know, they were screaming some profanities at me. But um, anyway, you, 
no big deal. Uh, it, it wasn't like they tore anything up or broke into the Capitol or anything like that. Uh, but our police had it all under control. And, I mean, in Oklahoma, we're going to arrest you if you get out of control in Oklahoma. So uh, they immediately said, hey, you're going, we're, we're arresting you. They only had permission to be on the second floor if they didn't quiet down. So everybody immediately started quieting down. Uh, but we had a great show of force, and uh, uh, we had our, you know, our great highway patrol. We're, we're, we're all over that situation, and uh, n- nothing – there was never any danger for the citizens of the state of Oklahoma or the Capitol. We're talking to governor of Oklahoma, Kevin Stitt. Um, Kevin, uh, shifting gears off of the transgender issue, we just had a Chinese spy balloon float all over the entirety of the United States. Now, I don't believe it came through Oklahoma airspace, but one of the things Buck and I talked about it was in Oklahoma. So, I mean, so that's, that's my, that's my, honestly, that's my question for you. I said if I had been the governor of Tennessee and I think it kind of skirted Tennessee and, you know, it went out South Carolina, North Carolina, whatever. Okay. Let's say that you are the governor of Oklahoma and let's say that another Chinese spy balloon comes into the United States again, which given what happened once, I mean, why would we not think they might do it again? Can you, as the governor of Oklahoma, shoot this thing down? I mean, I, I, did you ask your your team? Like, we haven't ever really, to my knowledge, had a situation like this. It's without precedent. But the argument that I made on the radio show is, if it's in a state airspace, and if the governor wants to call out the state guard or someone that he's in charge of, could you shoot down that spy plane, uh, that spy balloon? Would you have done it? I mean, what, what should happen there? What should a I mean- governor do? Well, first, first off, uh, you know, I, I say that tongue in cheek a little bit, uh, but but absolutely, this was so frustrating for I know my Republican governor colleagues around the country. When we first saw that coming, we got on the phone, we got briefed by the DOD and the White House on this issue, and why it wasn't ever shot down before it made into U.S. airspace uh, is a head scratcher. And I did call my National Guard, I called my commander. I'm the commander in chief of the Oklahoma National Guard, and so. Um, I was talking to him. If it did make it down here, what we've got? We've got an F-15, F-16s in our in our uh, um, at our uh, Tulsa National Guard, and so we had those conversations. Obviously, that's a bigger conversation that we would need to have with the Department of Defense. But like every American, uh, I you know, and my job is to protect uh, the citizens of Oklahoma with our National Guard. So, but that's a huge, huge issue that we obviously would be in consultation with the uh, with the big army. Uh, but I guess the real question we need to ask ourselves is how do we let it, let it get into the airspace of Amen. the United States? And that's the, really the question that needs to be answered. And, and if the, if the Pentagon did not brief the president, which I'm heard they didn't, um, I think heads need to roll there as well. Pentagon didn't br- brief Trump or didn't brief Biden on this? Didn't brief Biden. Uh, if they oh, didn't wow. brief Biden until it was in, uh, uh, till it was already inside the U.S. airspace, and that's a big problem. Uh, but yes, the president needed to make decisions before that thing came all across our continental United States. And Governor Stitt, what do you make of the reports that, oh, there were a bunch of balloons under Trump, too, but no one told Trump something like that? <laughs> I, I, I don't believe that at all. I mean, I know President Trump, and there's no possible way he would have let that happen. And so we, we do not believe that there were spy balloons here in the continental U.S. Uh, under under Trump. All right, much less serious, but I saw that Americans are going to wager. I don't know if you've seen this uh, story. Americans are going to wager more money on the Super Bowl than Iran spends every year on its entire defense department. So we got the Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles. I know you're a big sports fan. Who's going to win? Why? 
Man, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with the Chiefs. Uh, Mahomes. Uh, yeah. I, I really like Mahomes. Now, now Hertz has a little connection to Oklahoma. He quarterbacked yep. the University of Oklahoma, so a little. But bit you're an Oklahoma there. State Cowboy, so I don't know if you want to back an OU guy. <laughs> I am an Oklahoma State Cowboy, but you know when when a, when a, when a local boy does well, you want to you want to root for him too. But uh, Mahomes, I watched him play when he was at Texas Tech, and and as a Big Twelve guy, uh, he's just been amazing. Good stuff, Governor. Well, we appreciate your, what you're, the fight you're fighting out there over this, uh, what seems like quite simple, uh, child abuse bill to try to protect kids out there. And, uh, hopefully if the Chinese spy uh, balloon comes through the state of Oklahoma, you can take it out and come on and talk about it with us. Oh, that'd be, that'd be pretty cool. Well, listen, keep talking <laughs> truth out there. Uh, Americans love you guys. So keep it going. Thank, thank you, you so much, Governor. Okay. Thank you. Bye bye. He's great. Um, and uh, the fact, Buck, like we said, that this could ever have been controversial. Hey, you can't have surgery on minors to change their gender. I mean, I, I just I wonder how we ever got here. Right. H- how about you and me on Friday and all of our listeners when the balloons flying over our airspace were like, shoot it down. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean immediately. And they were all oh, the libs were, oh, it would cause an international conflagration. And then a couple of days later, Biden shoots it down. OK. Yes. Of Good course. Talk. Except she shoots it down over water, and they're having difficulty salvaging all the pieces because it's over water and it's there. Uh, look, everybody's got great family memories. A lot of them, though, maybe captured on an 8mm. Maybe they're on VHS. Maybe they are out there on old slides, old pictures. Would you like to prepare your family to be able to experience those memories for as long as you can possibly imagine by ensuring that all of your family's memories are preserved on digital files. Probably in the back of your mind, you're thinking, yeah, I should do that. Coming up on Valentine's Day, maybe you want to give a gift to your family, something really cool. How about checking out LegacyBox.com slash Clay to get started preserving your family's memories forever. Company headquarters, guess where? Chattanooga, Tennessee. It's where my mom grew up. It's where I spent a lot of time growing up, where much of my family is from. They are really right here in the United States. We've met the founders, two awesome guys, super passionate about what they do, and they've got so many heartwarming stories about the reaction that saving these memories has and creates for everybody out there. So why don't you become your family's hero by safeguarding their priceless memories today? Visit LegacyBox.com slash Clay. That's my name, C-L-A-Y. LegacyBox.com slash Clay to shop a great offer. One more time, LegacyBox.com slash Clay. Do it today. The Truth Compass. Pointing due right every day. The Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. 
Call Oxford Gold Group right now, and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Who's there for heroes or the families left behind when a service member or first responder dies or is severely injured in the line of duty? Who helps our country's homeless veterans and who helps our nation to never forget 9-11? Let me tell you who. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation. The Foundation's Gold Star, Fallen First Responder, Smart Home, and Homeless Veteran Programs comprise their In the Line of Duty programs. They're all dedicated to honoring our nation's heroes and their families. The Foundation's Never Forget programs engage people in 9-11 remembrance across America in so many ways. Over 80 runs, walks, and climbs a year, dozens of golf outings, and the Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institutes educating kids in K-12 through grades to help our nation keep its vow to never forget. More than 95 cents of every dollar you donate to Tunnel to Towers goes to its programs. Never forget the sacrifices of our country's greatest heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Welcome back in. I hope all of you are having a fantastic Tuesday, wherever you may be. We are bringing in now our friend Gordon G. Chang, who does an incredible job analyzing the situation of geopolitical struggle between the United States and China. His latest book is The Coming Collapse of China. Sorry, his latest book is The Great U.S. Tech, China Tech War, at Gordon G. Chang on Twitter. So, Gordon, when you saw this story about the Chinese spy balloon, your thoughts in terms of analyzing why it happened, that is, the motive on China's side, was what, and where do we go from here? Yeah, there were two things which I thought were possible explanations. One of them was that Xi Jinping was so bold, so aggressive, that he was going to try to humiliate the United States, tell the world that the U.S. was done as a power, and that, therefore, they should ditch us and obey China. The second thing is that the Chinese military, which we know is politically powerful, um, basically decided it was going to do whatever it wanted to do. And they were then going to fly this right across uh, our um, Air Force bases, which had uh, bombers, which had ICBMs and the rest of it. Um, I don't know which of those two is correct, um, but neither of them is a good story because they say that China is preparing to go to war. And unless something changes, that's probably where we're going to end up. I mean, we can deter China, but we're not deterring China now. Gordon, do you see parallels between what China is doing here and the Cold War with the U.S. and the Soviets, U-2 flights and and other uh, spying and surveillance missions? Yeah, we had the U-2 incident in, what, 1960, uh, where Francis Gary Powers, the U-2 pilot, was shot down. Um, this is a little bit different um, because it could very well mean that in China, this is a regime in turmoil. Um, right now, I think Xi Jinping sees a closing window of opportunity to achieve what he considers to be historic goals. 
So he's going to roll the dice and do it while he can. And if the second explanation is right about uh, the military freelancing, then we've got a different set of problems, but one which are equally difficult for us to deal with. So um, in that sense, the Cold War had a stability to it. Right now, I don't think we have that stability. Do you think the timing with Secretary Blinken, um, I'm, I'm really intrigued by your, your analysis here, because if you are correct, and this was potentially a Chinese-driven military move without necessarily Xi Jinping being involved in ordering this, then it could have been timed to try to embarrass him associated with the Anthony Blinken visit coming, right? In other words, they don't want there to be sort of a lessening of tensions potentially in China. Do you think, how would you analyze the timing of the Blinken meeting given your potential scenarios there? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, Some people have thought that uh, the balloon incident was timed to actually derail uh, Secretary Blinken's anticipated trip of February 5 and 6. Other people said No, uh, they wanted Blinken to come, but they wanted to give Blinken a bargaining chip in a sense, um, basically saying, we'll stop the balloon flights if you stop the uh, reconnaissance along our coast, um, which is an even more arrogant way of of looking at the Chinese. Um, Right now, um, I I don't know what the uh, correct uh, uh, intentions were and the motivating reasons, um, but we do know that uh, there is trouble inside the regime and that it portends, um, I think, increasing tension, especially because we have President Biden yesterday saying that this balloon incident is not going to weaken U.S.-China relations. And really what Biden is saying is that the Chinese can do anything they want, and we're still not going to impose costs. So that is extremely troubling when you think about the psychology of this. And that attitude that uh, the Chinese can do whatever they want. That goes back to uh, President George uh, W. Bush, who imposed no costs on China for the EP3 incident. So this is a clear pattern. You've got Republicans, Democrats, liberals, conservatives. They have all had attitudes which have emboldened the worst elements in the Chinese political system by not imposing costs for bad behavior. Gordon, so Do you think, this is the big question, right? Buck and I were debating it earlier. Do you think we had the military general come out and say 2025 is when he thinks this is going to happen in terms of China invading Taiwan? Do you think this just continues to portend China invading Taiwan? And if so, what is the Joe Biden, what is the United States response going to be? You're referring to General Mike uh, Minahan, who is the chief of commander of the Air Mobility Command of the Air Force. And that leaked memo um, said that his gut, as he put it, meant said that uh, we'd be fighting, quote, in 2025. After this, you know, and everyone said, oh, that's really close. Well, after this balloon incident, I think 2025 is a long way off. It could very well be before that. And it could be Taiwan, could be India, could be Japan or the Philippines. Remember, in December, when China was going through those protests, uh, China was very provocative with the large incursion into India's Arunachal Pradesh in uh, the Himalayas. We had stepped up uh, provocations in the South China Sea against Philippines, and in the East China Sea against Japan, and, and of course, the continuing air incursions against Taiwan, especially the one on Christmas Day. So 
as China gets weaker, it gets more belligerent. And um, as I think Xi Jinping sees, Biden is not going to stop him. So this is, I think, the most dangerous moment in history. Gordon, uh, well, we're speaking to Gordon Chang. Follow him on Twitter at Gordon G. Chang. And also uh, get a copy of the uh, great U.S.-China Tech War, which is his latest book. Um, what would be, you brought up no cost in response to this. And and clearly flying a, a big balloon in U.S. airspace for days on end, everybody knows that it's a surveillance or spying uh, spying balloon. So they're trying to get information about U.S. defense and military capabilities that we don't want them to have. What would be appropriate costs to uh, make the Chinese incur in response to this? What What is the uh, the path you think that would actually show the Chinese you can't get away with this kind of stuff anymore? Yeah, I think that, first of all, the costs have to be disproportionate. Um, in other words, so much greater than what the Chinese did. And so what I would do is I'd break off all communication with China. I would close their four consulates in the U.S., strip their embassy staff, just down to the ambassador. I'd start closing the Chinese banks, which are laundering fentanyl profits for those gangs. That fentanyl is killing Americans. Um, this is a menu of things that we can do, but essentially we have to show China that the costs are severe and that those are, would be severe costs for a balloon incident. Just imagine what it would be for something else. Um, there's a lot of things that China needs the U.S. for. I don't think we should be providing them to the Chinese, so I'd like to see them all cut off. Um, I know that sounds drastic, but I think it is strategically wrong, but even more important, it's morally wrong to build up the uh, armed forces of an adversary that is planning to kill Americans. And that's exactly what's happening right now. And Gordon, I have to ask, I mean, they've said that there were a number, and it's tough to see what's true and what maybe the exaggeration is here from our own government. They said that there were balloons during the Trump administration, but maybe they didn't tell Trump about them. We had Trump's acting secretary of defense on. He said he had never heard anything about this. And the guy's secretary of defense, I feel like he could probably get a good read on what the military knows. Um, but is it is it your belief then that if we don't have any kind of costs associated with this, is China just going to keep flying these balloons? I mean, it doesn't feel like, why wouldn't they? Yeah, why wouldn't they? And, and you know, you go back to George W. Bush not imposing any costs for um, stripping our EP3. First of all, clipping the wing, forcing it down, imprisoning the crew, trying to hold it for ransom, stripping the plane of its electronic gear. No costs on China. So really what happened is George W. Bush told the worst elements in the Chinese political system, go right ahead and do this. And what it did was it said to the other elements of the Chinese political system, those that would want a cooperative relationship with us, we told the cooperative people, you're wrong, because we don't impose costs on being belligerent. So um, this has opened the door. And if we don't change our attitudes towards this and our policies, this is only going to get worse. Now, people, they say, you start cutting ties, it's going to be worse. Um, But the point is, Our policies, which sound good to the ear, have created a disastrous situation. Every option now going forward carries great risk. And that's the result of misguided uh, policies over the course of especially the last three decades. So what choice do we have? We've got to try something new, because if we don't try something new, we probably are going to end up in the worst moment in history. Who do you think, Gordon, in this administration has China policy the most in in their hands or is their responsibility is it really because it feels like biden these days they all know you know they're just trying to push him along 
Is it Blinken? Is it is it somebody on the DOD side? Who is who is Biden's top China person right now? Well, on the National Security Council, it is Kurt Campbell. Um, but, you know, you have Blinken, you have Jake Sullivan, the National Security Advisor. I'm sure there's some people in the basement that we never hear about, um, you know, the proverbial Obama people. And, and, of course, it's Biden himself. I mean, he forget about Hunter Biden, forget about the money issues. Even if those aren't true, Biden has views about China that are seriously out of date. And his views are those that have created this situation in the first place. Add in Hunter, add in the money, it just gets even worse. So, you know, I don't know who is making um, policy, but I can tell you it's a disaster. Gordon Chang, everybody, follow him on Twitter at Gordon G. Chang and pick up a copy of the great U.S.-China tech war. Gordon, thanks for being with us. Oh, well, thank you so much. And guys, stay safe. Moment of thanks to all of you out there, if we can, to each and every one of you that has made a donation to the preborn pregnancy clinics nationwide. What they're accomplishing every day is life-changing, and it's an ambitious program that they're expanding on. Preborn saves the lives of unborn children by providing pregnant mothers with the support and supplies they need after childbirth, and most importantly, a connection with the unborn child they're carrying. They do that by providing an ultrasound experience which allows moms to meet their unborn son or daughter. Once a mom sees that precious life, hears that heartbeat, she is twice as likely to choose life. Donations like your own have allowed Preborn to rescue over 200,000 babies from abortion, and every day their clinics save about 150 babies' lives. Using your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250, say baby. Or you can go to their website, preborn.com slash buck, preborn.com slash b-u-c-k sponsored by preborn download and use the new clay and buck app listen to the program live catch up on any part of the show you might have missed find every podcast as they're released and listen find the clay and buck app in your app store and make it part of your day tired of restless nights at lisa we know good sleep is essential for mental physical and emotional health From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Grand Canyon University, a private Christian university in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, believes that we're endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. GCU believes in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams, offering over 330 academic programs as of September 2023. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University, private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast.